Father, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much that your word is going in our hearts. It's going in our hearts. It's going into places that, that, need, to be, that need to be repaired, that needs to, uh, that needs to be fixed. Father, I thank you, Father, you're dealing with this this morning in such a way that's going to produce life on the inside of us. And that we came here today because we know we need answers. We know we need truths. We know we need to move more and more into what you have for us. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that I cooperate with you in Jesus' precious mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, one of the, some of the things that the Lord had dealt with, because I had two messages. First, I was, this week I was going to teach you on covenant, and then that changed. And then I had another topic, and then that changed. And then I had another topic this morning, and that changed. And I said, Lord, what do you have for us? And so I wrote a little bit of it down last night, but then he said, go back to this. And, you know, because it's oftentimes, you know, you know, when we're as Christians, as we're born again Christians, God wants so much to get in us into something. But the only way we're going to get into something is unless we know what that something is. And that many times we need to get answers. And some of us don't know how to get the answers. So this morning we're talking about getting that draw on that answers. How many, you know, Pastor Nancy is going to be here next week. You and I have got to learn how to draw on those answers. Some of you need to know how to pray and get answers. Well, Pastor, it seems like I just always need answers. You, yeah, you're right. You're always going to need answers. You know, you go from glory to glory. You know, every time, every move up and every step up of life, you have to put something old away. Every, every new step up into life requires a new way of living. The way I used to live when I first, when we first moved into our, our first apartment, Pastor Molina, the living that we had there had to grow and expand. The, the learning, that, the knowledge that took to, to run a home had to learn and expand. When I first moved into our first home over on Memory Lane, 1918 Memory Lane, I remember unpacking our stuff, unloading the stuff. I remember watering the, land, the lawn. I was so proud that I had a lawn. So I had a big front yard, big backyard, too much to mow, too much. I'm telling you, it was like having two jobs, my job and the lawn. And I remember one year, because of my ignorance, I killed the front lawn. I remember killed a front lawn. Boy, I remember Pastor Malina looked at me, you killed it. I'm like, I didn't kill nothing. Woman. You don't know what you're talking about. I killed the lawn. I think I killed the lawn. And how many of you know that you don't do things purposely, but you, because, well, I wouldn't, you, would, you would never kill your lawn on purpose. You never do that on purpose. But yet there's many things in our life that we kill or we, we hang ourselves up because we, we, were, we were ignorant on certain things. And how many of you know God don't, doesn't want you ignorant? And over here in John 10, and John 10, Daniel 10, Daniel's praying. I know Pastor Molina alluded a little bit to this last Sunday, but there were some things uh, Wednesday. There were some things that really stood out to me, really stood out to me. So in Daniel 10, 10, here's, here's, here's Daniel making a decision to pray and talk to God. And in verse 10, it says, suddenly a hand touched me and made me tremble on the knees of the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. There is, an, there is a fear, there is a reverence to Daniel with the things of God. It, 
But I, I will say this, you, it's very difficult. To, when you know God is there, it's very difficult to stand in the presence of God because you know how every Bible says every knee shall bow, yes. every tongue shall confess. I don't care how, how big of your atheist is. I don't care how I don't care how many big atheists are watching right now. You will bow your knee. You will bow your knee, and it will not be your choice. If you you can choose to bow your knee now, or life and its circumstances will make you bow it later. I'd rather bow, be bowing my knee now. Amen. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have, become, I have come because of your words. But the prince of the king of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief, priests, chief princes, came to help me. For I, had been, for I had been left alone with the, with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the, for the vision refers to the many days yet to come. Now, I want to stop you here for a moment because what we're going to talk about this morning um, is about your relationship with the Lord. The importance that you, of that relationship with, with the Lord. It's, you know, we hear and we gloss over readings like this. Oh, this is what Daniel did. Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that a good story? There's answers in the stories. Did you hear what I said? Now you're born again. You have Jesus on the inside of you. You have the greater. Daniel didn't have that. He didn't have the Holy Spirit residing in him. He didn't have that direct communication. How many of you remember the little tin can with the string at the end of it? How many of you ever kids grow up with that? Well, when I was a kid, they, back in the day, they used to, you, I don't know, this is a science project, kids. You get two can, tin cans and you get a string and you, you, you strewn along and you could talk into a can and that, that sound reverberates down that piece of wire to that can. And you could put it up to you and you can actually hear what that person is saying. So how many of you know that there's communication that goes on in the heavenly, heavenlies? And there's things that need to clear up your communication with the heavenlies. We want to hear what God has for us this coming Sunday and next Sunday. Because we know that God's going to speak to us. He's going to give this church answers within the next couple weeks. Amen. What what are our next marching orders? What what are we to do next? But see, there's an attitude that goes with receiving those instructions. And, it's, and, it, and, and most people think, well, that's just all on the, on the minister. That's all on him. No, it's all, it's all on us and how we hear. Right. Bible says, take heed how you hear. Or does it not say that? Yes. So if, if the instruction says, take heed how you hear then, and how you see, then therefore it's my responsibility to pay attention about how I hear, how I see. And over here in verse 12... People always preach on, you know, from the first day you pray, pre- you, you, you pray, God hears you immediately. And that's true. But God also hears the attitude behind the prayer. People forget that because there was a definite set of heart. And people will preach and people will, hey, man, man, for the time, first time I pray, God's going to hear me. Well, if, if you have a bad attitude, you'll even know that you have a bad attitude. And don't expect that to be uh, heard right away. I don't, I don't believe that God is going to answer your bad attitude. He's going to like, you're going to have a bad attitude with those folks. I'm going to talk to you about your attitude. So you're going to hear from them, but it may not be about what you wanted to hear. 
It may be about your attitude, about your ingratitude, about how you've not been loyal or how not you've been faithful to the things of God. So if you really want to hear from God, you've got to be ready to hear from God. Especially if you want to know, why is this happening, Lord? Well, this is, this, is, this, is, comes, this is very interesting because Daniel said, what's going on? What's going on with our people? We've, we, we, we've lost our freedom. We've lost the things that, we've, you know, that we held true to us. We've lost our, our open synagogues. We, we no longer have a place to worship. Did they not lose all that? Do we not all take that for granted here? We do. We can take having a church for granted. And he says, from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. There's something right here that's so important that I want everyone to be paying attention to. Because this is how Daniel got heard. First thing, he set his heart to understand. You can come to church and not come with a heart set to understand. It's important to understand how this applies to your life. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if this relates to me. I, you know, uh, what's that? Where's, there's some other things that, that are faddish and they're saying, you know, I don't know if this is very, very relevant is the, is the faddish word. We got to stay relevant. Yeah. Here's something. If you don't have a good re- uh, attitude, you're going to be irrelevant regardless. If you need to be entertained, you're going to be irrelevant regardless. If I need to entertain you, you know, have lights and have smoke and, you know, bring a bunch of, you know, a bunch of entertainment to you, you're, you're not going to be relevant anyways. But we didn't build this church on trying to be relevant. We built this church on trying to be relate solely directly to the word of God. I need to relate to him. I don't need to be, you know, Jesus was never, never relevant to the world. He didn't get tattoos to relate to the world. He didn't wear skinny jeans to wear to the world. <laughs> now, I ain't, no, I ain't picking on people with skinny jeans. Pastor Melina bought me a pair of jeans once, and she didn't, I go, I didn't know they were skinny, and I was wearing them, but I liked them because they were stretchy. That's all I remember. <laughs> when you get to be a big man, you like stretchy pants, right? Some people are like, amen, hallelujah, Pastor. I really like them stretchy pants. Okay, you feel the spirit of Nacho Libre coming on me. Sometimes you want to wear stretchy pants. But in my case, a little bit more often than usual. But here's the point. That you as a believer need to relate to God. And you need to relate to Him. You don't need external things to help you relate. And if you're looking for external things to flick your bick, blick, your bick, that little fire of yours ain't going to last very long. Come on. You need, you, need, you need to have a heart that says, sets itself to understand. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need someone to sit there and motivate me. I don't need motivational speaking just to get me hyped up. Yeah. There's only so much hyping up you can, you can take before you get uh, over. It's sort of like drinking too much coffee. <laughs> before you give, just give yourself a headache and everybody else a headache. You ever drink too much coffee and you start to get in your wife's nerves? There's a few people who, yeah, I, I've done that. I've, I, I'm an expert at that. Pastor Melina, I, can see, I, I, do, I do Mexican logic with her, and she looks at me like, I'm going to kill you. And I've known when I've, I've crossed the line. Because you, you walk around like little cat marks on your chest. There's bleeding coming through. But you see, you know, here's the thing. You've got to seek to understand Him, the Lord. 
He's the one you, everybody says, well, I just need the Lord to understand me. No, you need to understand him because he's the one you're getting your answers from. He's the one that you need the answers from. Well, I just need God to understand what's in my heart, all my pain. Hmm. He knows about your pain. He knows what caused it. He knows what has prolonged the pain. He knows well, he's very well informed about your pain. He's very well informed of your rejection issues. He's very informed. He knows it. The only thing is, it's time for you to understand. It's time for you to put it away. Understand this. Put it away. Petting it, entertaining it, loving it, massaging it. You know, I've had this boo-boo since 1920. You're like, well, give it up. Let go of this pain. Well, you don't understand. It's, it's become sort of like a comfy little blanket to me. Uh-huh. But the Lord says, no, put it down. But sometimes, you know, God just wants, you know, we've got these deep hidden hurts that we don't even know that they're there. That you got deep hidden hurts that you don't even know. that. That's why you act like a crazy fool. <laughs> you know what that's called? That's called carnality. That's just being carnal bucket and you're using an excuse just to get out of something to get, take responsibility on some things. So that's what one thing I'm going to tell you right now. God is just wanting you to do. He's wanting you to seek him to understand, good. to give up the excuses, to give up the things that are holding you back. That's good. That's good and sometimes the things that, do, that, 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 that don't help you understand are the excuses. Yeah. Get so lost in your excuses. So why well, can't do this? Why well, I'm not a good student? Because my dog ate my, ate, ate my, ate my, ate my, you know, I was never the smartest kid. No, you just decided you weren't interested. Yeah. My, my, my excuse, you want to know why I wasn't a very good, I could blame learning disabilities. I had a, a slight one, but it wasn't major. You know what my problem was? Was I really wasn't interested. Yeah. I wasn't interested in what they taught. I was interested in other things. At a young age, I was interested in engineering. I was interested. I wasn't interested in the stupid things that they were. I liked architecture. I liked painting. I liked those were the things I was interested in, and they didn't teach the things I was interested in. Yeah. And so when I these kids that got these new modern schools, I would have been like, I would have loved to have been there, but I didn't grow up there. Yeah. Now I'm like, I go, well, I'm so upset. I was born now, and I wasn't born then, and they get to do that, and I don't even get. No, understand this. No more excuses about why you are the way you are. Put down that fleshly, carnal way of thinking. It's over with. What mom and dad said to you, it's over with. What brothers and sisters said, attitudes, it's over with. And sometimes the reason why things keep happening is because you just want to keep, you just want to engage the dumb arguments. Keep going back to old hurts and old, old arguments and old pains. And she said something and that triggered me. Well, untrigger yourself. Got real quiet when I said that. Well, untrigger your that's Mexican logic right there. As people are like, how do you how do I untrigger myself? That doesn't make no sense. They say they make me it does make sense. Because you can choose not to get offended. You can make the choice of like, you know what, I'm not letting my heart even go there. And you know, Daniel had to have that understanding when he went to the Lord because he you could have said he could have been offended with God. Because his, his, his nation was lost. Yeah. And they lost their freedom. Right. They lost their churches. Yeah. Right. Think about that. Yeah. We haven't even have had that. Had, oh, she come mama. We haven't even had that happen. Yeah. Right. Yet. And I think we're a little too comfortable. Yeah. 
a little too comfortable with church, a little too comfortable with their situations and our surroundings. We got air conditioning, we got heaters, we got nice light shows now and then. I mean, we, we, we've got everything. We, we, it's gotten down to the point we almost have our popcorns in the seats. Just eat our popcorn in church. No, we don't do that at church. We honor God. We show up in preparation to understand. You know, I, I love it when Pastor Nancy comes here because she goes, man, these, that group is the most attentive group. Because we understand that our life is being held held together on hearing from him it's held together by hearing from him this church has been established on wanting to hear from the lord i want to understand some things this year yesterday's understanding isn't going to be good for this year's coming there's some new answers that we're going to have to get but he said it's hard to understand and when he set his heart, and that, which means I determined that I'm going to get something, I'm going to understand. I'm, I'm not gonna, just going to look so I could do something. Yeah. Now, some people just hear so they can just get some new novel information. No, this is more than just getting information. That's right. This is more than just learning how to get on YouTube and uh, how to learn how to jack up your truck or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I learned a lot of great skills on YouTube. Yeah. Well, how about learning the skill of following God? understanding him yeah. you can understand god That's right. well it was never that smart no put stop hanging yourself up yeah. i've never been like that put that way of thinking away good. challenge yourself on that yeah. call yourself on that say you know that's trash why am i why do i keep telling myself that That's right. amen he says, do not, he says, the first day you heard to understand, and then you humbled yourself before your God. Come on, that, that got God's attention. He humbled himself. He set his heart to understand, but then he humbled himself. Because you think about Daniel as an educated guy. He is, a lot of people were taken. He, he and a group of young men were taken away because they saw the wealth of that nation was in its youth. He saw the young people. He said, these people are important. These kids, don't, these kids know they can help us. They recognize something uniquely valuable about these. Like, when you get around people, do people see the value in you? Well, but I'm, I'm, no, don't nobody see the value in me. I'm, I'm really... No, see, if you have that attitude, you will never go beyond what God called you to be. He humbled himself. He didn't go based on his reputation. I'm the leader. I'm, I'm, I'm highly regarded. He humbled himself. He said, God, I don't know what's going on here. This has happened. This, I don't know everything that you know. You've seen everything that was leading up to this thing that, that, that caused this thing to transpire. See, there's a lot of things you don't know. And just because you don't know doesn't mean you, need, you were in the know to begin with. So you got to humble yourself. Maybe I wasn't in the position yet to know some things. Well, brother, so-and-so died, or this and thing, this bad thing happened, or that thing happened. Hey, you were not in the know. And the Bible says certain things are not, are not for you to know. God gives certain people their dignity as well. In other words, you don't have to know everything. But what you do need to know is to get that understanding about me and what you need to know. You need to humble yourself and quit acting like you've got bigger boots. Like everybody should be sitting there and serving you. 
go to a restaurant, clang, 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 clang. I don't know why I'm not getting quick enough service here. Yeah. Clang, 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 clang. Like, like all of a sudden you just, you, you, you deserve the best and the finest, uh, you know, service on your $1.28 coffee. Like you're the big sheriff in town. Like you've earned some sort of respect or regard. You know, you, you know what you, you've earned? You know what you've earned? You've earned a place in the kingdom of God, but not through your own earning. Because he gave it to you. Because he loved you. And, and when you receive something, you, you're become gracious. Not demanding. Humble yourself. Bring yourself a few, couple, a few notches. Why well, own the biggest company in town? Bring yourself down a couple notches. Yeah. Quit acting because you didn't do it by yourself. God put other people to help you get to where you need to be. Right. Bring yourself down. Quit acting like you're so full of pride, like you know everything. Yeah. You know, that's the most dangerous thing to do is to act like you know everything. Yeah. And everybody looks at you saying, you don't know nothing. <laughs> Ask my wife. She's told me, you don't know nothing. I hear I don't know nothing. <laughs> You know, you get married for years and you learn one thing, boy, you just, there's a sure lot you can learn. You, you, just, you have kids, there's a whole lot you can learn. You have a house, there's a whole lot you can learn. You, you get a job, there's a whole lot you can learn. You remember Solomon when he got that visitation from that other queen? And she, she, she looked at his palace and she go, oh, wow, there's a whole new level I never saw. He, he thought of things that she didn't even think of because there was a higher level of excellence. See, when you follow God, there are things that are so much higher, so much greater, so much grander in the way you live. Well, you know, I, I was never this way growing up. I'm not that way. I'm not like you, pastor. I'm not, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like doing this. I don't like doing that. Well, that's fine. And that's okay. Maybe you're happy with where you're at. But there are certain areas of your life I'm sure you're not happy with. Yeah. And we're not addressing about the areas that you're happy with. Well, I, you know, I'm a good old country boy. You know, I, I, I like, you know, we're just like living in the, in, the, in, the, in the grass and the dirt with the snakes and my rifle. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you, have, you, can be, you, you can be a slob. Well, I like living like a hillbilly. That's fine, but that doesn't mean you, doesn't, you can't learn how to walk in love. And be kind and be generous and be sweet with your words. Every time there's an attitude that God is, is wanting to touch. Seeking to understand. Listening to folks without telling them your whole life story. I've only been to one, I, you know, as a pastor, I get to go to a lot of different meetings. There's only one place I've ever, or, or one situation I've ever seen where I thought it was a little extreme, where you hear people where they just want to tell, tell you everything that they're doing. It's like, you know, you got a great man of God sitting next to you, and they just want to, you want to hear what they have to say, but they want to tell everybody everything that the Lord has done for them from, from the book of Genesis to Revelation. Like, you're like, that's cool, but I'm here. I'm sitting here having dinner with so and so, and I want to hear what he has to say. I really don't want to hear what you have to say. So you got to learn to check yourself and recognize. You know, there's a time to hear. Yeah. There's a time to listen. Right. And me talking and me sharing about all that God has done with everybody, yeah. that ain't the time. Yeah. That ain't the time. It's time for me to hear what the man or the woman of God has to That's say. Right. Right. To be humble enough to recognize I don't know it all, right. and maybe he may have some answers for me that day. Yeah. 
And here's, here's the thing about uh, prophetic ministries, like Pastor Nancy's. You know, some folks that goes, oh, oh I go, I'm going to go to this prophetic meeting and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, she's going to pull me out and she's going to give me a prophetic word. That could happen. That could happen. I'm not downplaying. That could happen. But that's not always the case with everybody. You know, this whole area in some places has been affected. Everybody wanted a word. Everybody's wanting a word. Or people giving people words. I got a word for you, brother. And what are they doing? They just, they just want to feel important. They just want you to think that they're, they're important, that they're, they're spiritual. And that ain't the case. Oftentimes that is not the case. Oftentimes you get folks that come in like that is because they want to, they want to place a position. You know, back in the day when we first started church, Dr. came in, Dr. Dr. DeFrank came in. He said, he, goes, he said, you know, your first five years, you're just going to get everybody who's, who's, who's been church hopping. Everybody, first five years of business, you're going to get all the church hoppers. Everybody who's been everywhere. <clears throat> and in this town, we had a lot of people who wanted to believe that they had prophetic gifts. But what they, what they were doing is, is, yeah, I'll go there. I didn't think I was going to go there. Let's open our Bibles to... to um, it seems like we're headed down that way. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> you know, it's important that you have a relationship with God and always keep your attitude in check. Always check. You, 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 it don't matter how old you are. You could be a teenager. You could be 12 years old. And be full of the Holy Ghost and be wise. Did you hear what I said? No matter how old you are. You could be the wisest teenager in all Porterville because you paid attention. You hear what I said? Because you paid attention. You know some things. You're not easily duped or, 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 or dragged away with all kinds of funkiness. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he says, Not every Jesus was talking to the people who uh, uh, is talking to his disciples. Says, and he told them, he says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in that name cast out devils, and in their name done many wonderful works. And notice what he says in the next line. He says, Then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart me, you that worked iniquity. I want to say something here for a moment about that word of iniquity, because Pastor Melina and I were talking about one day, and this came, really came from her studies and her discussion on her research on that. And, you know, sin is when you miss something. You missed it. You just, you just missed it. Maybe you just didn't quite hit the mark on something. You missed the mark on something. Maybe you mishandled something in such a way. Iniquity is, is when you know something to do something and you don't do it. You didn't walk in love when you knew you should have walked in love. It becomes iniquity. And if you read the scriptures, oh, iniquity doesn't go away. It can be transferred not only to you, but to your family because you decided to not do the right thing. Do you hear what I said? They pick up the phone. You know it's a sin to lie. This is back in the day when you, you know how the telephone was a central telephone. Tell them I'm not here. Well, thank God now you can just let it go to voicemail, right? But back in the day, you pick up the phone. Tell them I'm not here. Oh, the, my mom is not here. Mama's standing right there. What you're doing is you're lying. Your kids hear you lie. Then that, and you know not to lie. 
Well, it's, I don't lie, but only sometimes, only because, you know, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. That is iniquity. It can turn into iniquity because you, what you're doing is you're training. It gets past your kids because now your kids are going to do it. Do you hear what I said? For example, if you're a legislator or a senator and you say whatever, what God does in his house is no business to this, this Congress. How many of you know that I'm now passing a curse to my family, and not only to my family, but to my children, because I say God has nothing to do, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a representative of this community, and I say God has nothing to do with Porterville. What am I doing? I'm spreading iniquity, that iniquity, yeah. because I know it's wrong. Okay. I'm willfully sinning now. That's iniquity. So I'm just setting that up so you understand what that is. So when I'm doing what I want to do with no restraint, living how I, the way I want to live without God involved, and I'm not seeking to understand Him, I'm not humbling myself to Him, that becomes iniquity. That's heavy stuff. Because that, that stuff's transferable. Never, no one ever thinks about these things being transferable. But they said, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not operated in the gifts? You, like, like I said, we live here in Portville. We, for the longest time, everybody had the gifts. So they want to give you a prophetic word. Oh, I got a prophetic word for you, sister. I remember people who got prophetic words that, oh, you're, sister, you're going to be the greatest singer, and, and God's going to use you to sing all over the place. And that, that person couldn't even, couldn't even hit a note with a, uh, with a dryer, <laughs> with a frying pan. You, they ain't going to hit no notes. They, they can't sing. And, and there were always things that wanted to, the other pre- people wanted to hear. Yeah. <clears throat> now there's a lot of folks out there now who don't go to church anymore because a lot of these things that they spoke didn't come to pass. Uh-huh. And what did it do? Yeah. It brought harm. It brought detriment to the body. Also, someone can look important. The gifts are important. But I like what Paul Youngie Cho said some years ago. Whenever I get a word from the Lord, a prophecy from the Lord, he goes, I approach that thing with fear and trembling. Because this are things you do not play with. You do not force. And when you force things, you miss things. And, And in the end, you know, people are doing things without the leading and the prompting of God. You're on your own. Jesus says, I, didn't, I wasn't a part of that. Well, oh, I'm born again. I'm Christian. I speak with other tongues. I have the gifts. You may talk in gifts, but you don't have a relationship with me. Because if you had a relationship with me, you'd be more restrained. You'd, have, you'd be practicing the fruits of the Spirit called self-control. Right? And so we, we, what we've centered to do on this church is that we're seeking Him. We're, not seeking a, we're seeking to understand Him. I don't want, I, it's not him trying to understand me. That's right. It's me understanding in him. Yeah. It's me going after him. Yeah. It's me following him. Right. Those are the things that are important. Yes. Amen. And a lot of churches are missing out on that. A lot of, I shouldn't say that, Lord. A lot of, there's a lot of good churches that aren't missing out because they're doing what God called them to do exactly. Right. And we're doing exactly what God called us to do. Right. And we're going to continue to do what God called us to do. Yeah. We have no opinion what others have, should do or what they shouldn't be doing. Right. No opinion. Yeah. No opinion. Someone a while back, you know, back when this whole COVID thing, I had an opinion. You ever had an opinion, you realize, man, that was a, that was a dumb opinion. <laughs> you remember ever, ever have a dumb opinion and found out your opinion was just pretty much dumb? 
Don't, don't, don't. Some people are just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You're lying. You're lying. Have you ever said something that you wish you didn't say? You ever shoot your mouth off and say something you shouldn't have said? One time I woke, I said something, shot off and said something to my mouth, something to Malina, and I woke up the next morning like, what happened? Didn't even see it coming. <laughs> so operating from an empty ground is dangerous. Yeah. It is dangerous. You can't operate from just excitement, joy. Some people do that. They, saw, they see something going on and they see a, someone going and they feel like they're headed in the direction, right direction. Sister, I'm going to tell you, your Boaz is a coming. I'm telling you, I see what God's done. Your Boaz is a coming. <laughs> She goes, well, I am believing for my Boaz. And well, I'm, well, like it's going to be within the next 24 hours. And the next thing you some guy with, I don't know, looks all scraggly. He says, I'm your Boaz. And you ain't no Boaz. <laughs> you got to be careful. Because yeah. yeah. there's too many people. I, I've, I've, you know, I've had to check some things within myself on this issue. You can't, you cannot just go out and give people words. Hey, this is a word of the Lord. Particularly if you do, your, your life isn't uh, prayed up in a certain direction. Amen? You can tell when someone is forcing the gift when there is not, no prompting. I've only been at one meeting where I've seen that happen. God kept forcing the gift, forcing the gift. And I went to say, and here's the thing, when you keep doing that, eventually you yield to what's called a familiar spirit. Familiar spirit. And then, and then that familiar spirit, he's, he knows what's going on in town. He knows he'll start talking to you. You'll, you'll start, you start talking if you're dealing with a familiar spirit. And you go, well, I thought I heard from you because that was accurate. I mean, I heard what I heard was accurate. Yeah, it was accurate in the realm of, of what the devil was trying to do and what he saw. Because there's things in the spirit realm you don't see. And there's familiar spirits. Well, how do they know that? How did that person who has a crystal ball know that? How did, they, how did that person who... How do they know? How did that person, what do you call it? How did that psychic person know that? Right, right. Well, one, psychic people like to use, like to watch physical cues and how you talk. And then after a while, they succumb to a seducing spirit and a familiar spirit. Right. So they got four things. They're using two natural and two, and two spiritual things. And together, it becomes very dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. And there's a lot of folks in Portable who don't go to church anymore because of people who are operating with the area of what's called a familiar spirit. Yeah. And they got pulled out of their churches because they were prophesied out of their churches. Prophesied. I mean, we were prof- this church was prophesied against because we didn't do something somebody wanted a certain way. People got caught real quiet when I said that. But we're still here. And they're not in church anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm telling these these are very sobering things. And I kind of felt like we're going in this direction because we are getting ready to get promoted here. And we got to be prepared because we, we, we flow in the, we flow, as a church, we, we, we flow in the gifts. And we attract people who, who, who desire to flow in those gifts. There's a deep desire for them, yeah. but there's, you can't feel the desire without being connected to the Father and humbling yourself. Yeah, that's right. Some of you have the gift on you already. 
But you can't, you got to be careful because you see things. Just because you see things doesn't mean you should be speak things. You should pray some things out. Lord God onto me, I'd seen some, something happen a while back somewhere and, and spiritually it was happening. And I drove by and somebody was going, I'm not going to even say what the situation is because I ain't going to point any glory to myself or because it wasn't any glory, but something wrong was happening with this person. And, and, and I felt like I'm not getting involved with that. I'm not getting involved with that. And it ain't none of my business. Because sometimes then I could go, and I, oh, brother, you know, I knew that, that so-and-so, he was, I knew that was going to happen to that brother or sister. Oh, I just knew that Lord showed me. You know why the Lord shows you things? Let's, let's, talk, let's, let's be real playing why the Lord shows you things. Maybe someone's going to die or maybe something's going to happen. You know what the Lord shows you, why he shows you? Th- so you can pray. So you can do something in the spiritual realm. So you can make a difference. It's not so that you can just put it on your calendar. Look what the Lord showed me and look what the Lord showed me. And see, puffed up. That's puffed up. That ain't humility. It's just, look, look at who I am. Look how big I am. Look how great I am. Aren't I just the prophet? And all you're doing is profiting their, their reputation. But not us. We've got to protect and guard these things. And those things don't indicate, uh, really, they don't indicate a close relationship with the Lord. Notice he says, get away from me, I never knew you. Have we not prophesied your name? You've got to check your motives. Are your motives right? Pay attention We need to pay attention. Here I said, we need to pay attention to things. John 15, 15. <clears throat> These things should be sobering to us. They should be sobering to us because with the word, first thing that comes is sobriety and my place in the word. My place in it. Say, my place in it. John 15, 15 says this. It says, I am the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Say, he takes it away. So there's going to be areas in your life that ain't working. Ways you communicate that don't work. Ways of the way you do your business don't work. Take it away. Get rid of it. If it's not fruitful, you you have certain ways of arguing that don't work. Giving everybody a recount of everything they did to you since the beginning of your marriage is not going to help your marriage. You don't understand all the things Alfonso did to me. We've been married for how many guys have been married? 18 years. You know what, man? We've been married for, what, 25 years. You know, I've said some things. You know, she said some things. And you could go, remember what you said back in 1993 and 94? Boy, that really hurt my feelings. You know, that, that indicates you never forgave. You're not in forgiveness. You don't know how to walk in love. Well, look at what my daddy did. He said this, you don't know how to walk in love yet. 
You don't know how to let things go. That's what that indicates. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the, the vine dresser. In other words, he's going to help you remove the things that don't need to be in your life. And believe me, there's a whole lot, you know, every year, you know, every year I'm having to trim my trees back. I got, I got, I got two, uh, bana- some banana trees back there. They just seem to, the more I clean them, the bigger they grow. I mean, they just, they, they don't produce any bananas, but they, they just, I, I'm cleaning them up. And the only thing is they're making me bananas because I'm always cleaning them up. Yeah. Got to get rid of them dead, them dead leaves, right? Dealing with them dead leaves. Sometimes you feel like you're going crazy. You have to get rid of all them dead leaves. Every fall, every winter, you got to deal with dead leaves. Things that don't produce. And there's seasons in your life. Every, every spring, every fall, you're going to have to deal with some things in your life. So when Pastor Nancy comes, I'm just, I'm just getting my answers. I'm dealing with some answers in my life because I need to hear that answer. What am I doing? I'm sweeping. I'm sweeping. You know, if I told you I sweeped my house last five or six months ago, I swept it once. I don't know why I didn't stay. You'd be like, Pastor, that's nasty. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't sweep? Well, I changed my underwear once about two years ago. You're like, ooh, what's wrong with you? There are deep-seated things. You know how the Bible talks about the, the loins of your truth, be girded, your, your loins be girded with truth? There are things, there are truths that need to hold your life up. Things that need to be dealt with. Ways that need to be removed continually. You're always dealing with your attitude. Always dealing with your attitude. Humbling yourself. Recognizing you don't know everything. You don't. Teenagers. How many teenagers do I got? You don't know everything. Your parents are probably the smartest thing you'll ever know and you don't even recognize it. They are smart. I remember one year with, I was with my dad and we were playing a board game and my dad was just killing it. I was like, man, he's like a genius. Where did this man come from? I was like, it's amazing. It's amazing what your parents know. It's amazing what people, the things that other than yourself know. But if you humble yourself and you listen, you recognize it was there the whole time. You hear what I'm saying? But he knows what he says. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears, he, that doesn't, that, that bears fruit, he prunes. That it bear, what, bear more fruit. Yeah. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he prunes away. You ever wonder what a tree sounds like when it's getting pruned? <laughs> if, he, if he had lips or he could scream every time you cut a branch out, he'd be like, ah! He'd be screaming! Because he's rem- you're removing something, but here's the thing: you're removing something that's not no longer producing. Yeah. And if you don't remove something that produces, what is it, men, women? If you don't remove something that's not producing in your life, what are you doing? What's what's that one branch doing? It's taken away. It takes away. It takes away nutrients away from the fruit. Yeah. It, it it takes away potential. So every time you don't take away something that doesn't belong there, it's stealing from it. So you humble yourself. You seek, Lord, I don't understand this. The Lord says, get rid of that. Put, put, you get rid of it. You say, Lord, I say yes to the plan. Lord, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do what's necessary. I'm willing to do what God has called me to do. 
You know, something I like what Brother, Brother Copeland said here recently, and I really loved it. He said he works on his partner letters. <clears throat> and he said, you know, I'm working on my partner letter. And, you know, and, and here, you know, if you, if sometimes you go as a church or as an organization, you have financial needs and you can really feel like you can really put, man, like, hey, we really need, a, we need your help right now. You can really feel that in your heart. And he said, sometimes you're writing and, you, you know, you don't want to. He goes, if I even sense that I'm coming off like, I, like I'm in need, I won't even put it. I'll tear that letter up. If I have a sense that I'm trying to manipulate somebody and I know that I can manipulate somebody, I back off. Mm, I ain't doing that. If I sense that I all of a sudden I have a prophetic word for somebody because I know it might tip them somewhere to try to get them try to, try to, get them to go to a different direction, grow in a direction, what do you need to do? You need to back off. God's not in manipulation business. He's not in the manipulation business. He's, he's in the, he is in the, he's in the business of you, helping you get to where you need to be. And I want to be in a place where he's in, I, I want to be in a place where he can help me. Amen. But I love what he says here, and I'll, I'll, we're getting ready to close it here. It says, you already are clean because of the word which I've spoken. So therefore abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Come on, so what are we doing? We're abiding in him. We're checking our attitudes. We're leaving it at the door. We're not, we're not, we're not acting like the world owes us something. We're not trying to get ourselves to be preferred. I, you know, I don't know why I'm in, I don't know why I'm in preferred seating. I don't know why I'm sitting back here. I don't know why I'm sitting there. I don't know why I, everyone else is, I've been here longer than that person. I don't know why they got promote, promoted ahead of me. You know, oftentimes people forget this. Sometimes folks get promoted because they have a good attitude. It don't matter how long you've been in places. Not like you work for certain organizations. Well, you're, well, you're, you know, you're the next in line. Sometimes they'll just pass that up and break that rule because there's attitude issues, and you don't you don't want to be ever put you don't ever want to get promoted and, and just because you were there long enough, you want to be there because you did things right, you did things God's way, you sought Him, you humbled yourself, you debased yourself, you said God I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna follow you. You know I remember some number of years ago. Uh, Someone had a prophetic word for Sophia, but they came to a well, Pastor Melina. I, I feel like I got a word for your daughter. Would that be a minister? Would that be okay for me to give it? And Pastor Melina sensed in her heart. Yep, that, that I said that's good to me in my heart. See, there there was there was order. There was order. I, I think some lords give me Lord. I think the Lord has given me something for so and so. Always go to the leadership first before you go to someone else. Go to that person. They may know something you don't know. And where you do say, that's it. That's it. You got something there. All the prophets are subject to the prophets. All of them. There's no such thing as a lone prophet. I don't know I'm going down this avenue, but I, the Lord told me to go down this avenue today. And I, and I even exited out and said, Lord, I don't want to go down this avenue. I did. I exited out. I said, Lord, I ain't going that direction. He said, you go down that direction. <laughs> so I, I, I unexited on my heart and went down it. But how many of you know it blesses us when we do and follow what he told us to do? Where we humble ourselves. Where we say, Lord, teach me. Teach me. 
It's good to be taught. It's good to be directed. Oh, I'm telling you, we're, we're moving into more this year because we are humble to recognize we don't have all the answers. So Lord, you give us the answers with your word today. Lord, next week, when Pastor Nancy come on, be here bright, early, bushy-tailed, ready to hear everything that you have for me. Father, 